when you're saying like people are stuck in the mud and they're in the mucky, like I'm feeling feelings. Yeah, but we're not feeling feelings with intention, you know, and that's where getting clear on like when you know what you want and what you want to let go of and what you no longer want to put up with and you take a fucking stand. Then you're like, yo, floodgates open, pedal to the metal, like full throttle. You're now giving yourself permission because there's a purpose behind letting go. You're giving yourself permission to feel on full octane because if I don't feel, then I can't go to the place that I want to go to. Therapy can be life-changing and wonderful. And it can also be, frankly, not all that helpful. As a therapist for over 12 years who now runs a whole team of amazing clinicians, I am far from anti-therapy. But I also became a certified coach because I didn't want to be limited in the kind of work I can do and who I can support. I'm Valerie Martin, aka Bad Bitch Therapist, and in this podcast, we're going to talk about the shit your therapist may not tell you. Because real talk, not all therapists are good at their jobs, but also a lot of therapy training is rigid and outdated, and your therapist might not work in a way that actually challenges you. Without compassionate challenging, your growth will be limited. So if you're with me, let's bust out of the traditional psychotherapy box and talk about wellness and high performance in ways that will make an even bigger impact in your life. Let's fucking go. Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to be sitting here recording this intro right now. I had batched some episodes before my surgery back in December. So this intro is the first time that I am hopping on in 2024, even though the podcast you're about to listen to was recorded a little bit earlier. It's, I just re-listened to the episode. I'm super excited for you guys to hear it, but I'm here with you in this new year. I am obsessed with new year energy. If you heard, if you listened to the last podcast and before we get into our guest for today, let's talk about what I've been watching, reading and loving recently. So other than dark, which we are still making our way through, we're in season three now. Holy shit, it is bonkers for those of you who know the show. It's so good and so wild. But other than that, because I've already talked about that a bunch, I am watching more of the comedian Josh Johnson. My brother introduced me to him and I really like him. He's based in New York. He's got a podcast, The Josh Johnson Show. He just recently started doing some YouTube lives and he does like weekly segments that are kind of present, you know, current news, whatever. And he does those at comedy clubs and records and puts them up on his channel. So those are really fun. You're getting constantly new content from him. And he's just really incredible at so quickly synthesizing all of that and bringing new material. He's going on tour, I think already maybe right now, but he's coming through Nashville in like three months. So already bought tickets. Can't wait to see him. He's on Instagram at Josh Johnson comedy. What I'm reading is, well, I started to say so many things, but I have gotten better at on my Kindle. I have like one fiction book, one sort of professional book and one spiritual book. And that's all I'm allowed to have downloaded at any given time, which really, really helps me. Anyway, my professional book right now is Power Mood by Sam DeMace. And Sam is going to be coming on the podcast soon. I'm interviewing her next week. Super excited about that. She writes about 
women in the workplace and navigating corporate America or the corporate culture period and really how to negotiate, how to keep yourself sane in that world. So I am really liking Power Mood so far, even though I've only worked with that world adjacent through my clients. I've never been in the corporate world myself really, but I love the book. I love her message. I can't wait to have her on the pod. And what I've been loving recently is Readwise Reader. It is an app you can get on your computer, your phone, your tablet, or you can use it just on a web browser. And it is really a personal knowledge management, a PKM system. I had heard of Readwise years ago as a tool that kind of combined all of your highlights from uh, your Kindle and kind of fed them back to you so that you're continuing to come back to those and reintegrate what you had resonated with initially. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool, but also not like something that I would use. But then Readwise came out with their reader app, which essentially brings all the things into one place. It's a read later app. So like if there's an article you like online, you can just click the little browser plugin, just one simple click. And then you can either, it'll either just save it to your reader to read later in a beautiful format with no ugly ads, or you can actually do your highlights right there on the web page and it will save them into your reader app. It's incredible. And, and it brings in my Kindle highlights and it's, I just can't even tell you, you can bring in your RSS feeds. I'm so excited about this app. So if you're a fellow PKM nerd, if you were not already three steps ahead of me on this one, I am a loving reader, it is replaced Instapaper for me and my old Feedly app that had become obsolete, loving it. Okay, so that's enough with the nerding out. Let me tell you about a couple things that I have going on right now before we get into our guest bio. So. If you are listening to this as it is live or as it's just been published, you might have time still to get the Show Up Glow Up bundle, which is a bundle of free gifts valued at over $2,000. And it is a combination of business things, but also some professional things or personal things. So if you're into productivity, if you're into systems, whether you have your own business or not, you would benefit a lot from a lot of these tools. It is at showupglowupbundle.com and you have to sign up before the end of the day on January 31st. So if you are listening to this from after that date and you missed it, no worries. I will share other bundles in the future and make sure that you're on my tough love letter email list. I send out a, a weekly tough love letter every Thursday and talk about a glow up. This weekly email has gotten a serious glow up this year. 2024 is my year for a highly curated, valuable email that you actually look forward to reading. That's at learn.badbitchtherapist.co slash email or check the link in my bio. All right, so let's talk about our guest for this episode, who is one of those people who I discovered on the internet and like was immediately like, yes, this girl and I are gonna be friends. She's a badass. I love what she's doing. Similar to Amanda Yoa, who's actually our sort of uh, connection point. All three of us have kind of similar branding. Amanda was a previous guest. And and it's just, you know, if you're into the neons and the 90s inspired 
we're probably going to have something in common, right? But Angela is a former public school teacher turned social disruptor, entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, and professional hype woman MC who hosts highly impactful events and workshops. With over a decade in the entertainment industry, Angela brings talented storytelling and epic energy to any event she's a part of, leaving participants feeling powerful, connected, and knowing they're part of something big. Her belief that we deserve to show up in a world as full, whole versions of ourselves has created a strong global community, the Empowered Millennials, which is the name of her podcast, where I'm also going to be on soon. Through her events, podcasts, fitness classes, meditations, workshops, and community, Angela's mission is to provide a space for people to move through whatever they need to and experience the braveness and vulnerability that will help them identify the value they bring to the world. Angela is truly a badass unicorn, and I hope you love this conversation with her. We talk about all the things about a healing journey from narcissistic abuse to what it looks like coming through the other side of that, her Zen heal rage method, all the things. So enjoy this conversation with Angela Gentile. Angela Gentile, welcome to the show. What up, girl? What up, what up? I'm just looking at myself on the camera right now and I look like a 12 year old boy. Like I just realized that. <laughs> She's got that loose beanie and that hoodie on. <laughs> I was outside, like I was outside walking the dog and stuff and just, I'm still trying to get toasty. So like, I love it. Well, I have I'm on- happy to be here. I'm happy to be here though. <laughs> you can't see it in the shot, but I, I have on a pair of bedazzled jeans. I've recently discovered that Target has several bedazzled items, and I was like, I'm just gonna oh. buy them all because well, that's I... interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't we want rhinestones to... sprinkled on everything? Well, I loved them 20 years ago, so why not <laughs> bring them back? Like, I loved all the things, body glitter and rhinestones. You know, that's great. Yes. That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> So I thought we could start this conversation by really leaning into kind of the theme of the show is like, or one of the themes I should say, is like, let's get real about some of our experiences with both therapy and coaching. And, you know, as two coaches mm. sitting here, and I'm also a therapist, and I'm, you know, not anti-therapy, but I'm also very happy to shit talk about like, <laughs> this is not how it should be done. So yeah. I know you've had a, a very not good experience with a past coach. I would love for you to tell us about it. Yeah, so I've had two really toxic and and slimy, snaky coaching experiences. And Ugh. one one I, I think I signed like NDAs and shit for, because if that tells you anything, if you have to sign a fucking, N oh, I can Eek. swear, right? Yeah, of course I can. <laughs> if you have to sign, who am I talking to? If you have to sign like NDAs and shit when you're going to coach with somebody, like I think that tells you everything you need to know yeah. of, of, of what you might possibly be getting into. And then I had another coach who was a DBT therapist slash coach mm -hmm. who I... You know, I, I can't fully give her the reins on like she ruined my fucking life because I was also like an equal participant in this. <laughs> yes. But yeah, she she was something. Mm. So I guess I can talk since we're sort of because it doesn't matter which one I really go in with. I think sure. the, the, the theme is the same, but I'll talk about Teresa. I'll talk about Teresa. Teresa is I didn't sign an NDA with her. So she was not the business coach. She was the DBT coach. And 
this was, I have to give it some context. Like this was Angela in her early thirties. Like I might've just turned 30. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like neck deep, uh, just uh, possibly not, just not even possibly I was drowning. I was drowning in toxic behavior patterns, toxic narratives. My little baby Angela was running the show. My inner child was wounded as fuck and like keys to the car. And like the adult was locked up in the trunk. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I was not even aware consciously of like what kind of power I had, what healing would look like in her childhood age. Yeah, none of that. All I knew is that I was hurting and what was coming out (laughs) was anger. And I was an angry, reactive Chernobyl motherfucker, big Mm. time. So that kind of all came to a head when I was in a relationship and I was in a relationship with drum roll, a narcissist. <laughs> Could you believe it? Had, you know, the puzzle like, pieces, they just fit so perfectly together. <laughs> yeah, and I am not laughing and mocking and making fun sure. of this. It's just when you were on the other side and you, this was almost 13, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so that version of me, I don't even identify. Like absurd. With. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, as much as I want to hug her, I kind of want to shake her a little yep. bit, too. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was sort of what was going on. I was in, I was being gaslit all the time. And when you, if you have had the pleasure of being in a narcissistic relationship, like, you literally become a shell of yourself and mm. have no knowledge or bearings of which way is up or down or left or right. And you completely doubt yourself on everything because no matter what you will end up being wrong and you will be the cause of somebody else's mood and feelings. And by default, you absorb, you edit, you blame yourself in order to placate and calm. And that's how the narcissist continues to win. Mm -hmm. And you just by default lose every ounce of your existence. So I was in this relationship with Eric. We're telling names today. Fuck all of them. (laughs) The receipts Um, are here. Receipts, baby. Receipts. Yeah. I was in a relationship with Eric and he would go to his therapist and talk about my reactions. And then he and his therapist, who I had never met ever in my life, co-diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder Mm. so now i'm like i guess this must be true and this is a lot more complex than what i'm telling you right now because i really want this to be about the coaching but i'm getting to that it was like you're crazy (laughs) you have borderline personality disorder there's something wrong with you you need to go fix it and or i'm gonna leave you And because I had no agency, because I had no sense of self, my entire existence was wrapped up in making sure this relationship was like, okay. I said, sure. Mm -hmm. I said, sure. Now, I went and did a Google search and it was DBT coach. Mm -hmm. And I liked her and she seemed cool. And there was like a butterfly on the page. And I was like, all right, this sounds about right. So I called her in like a state of panic of like, I need help. Can you help me? And she's like, I can help you. Did I vet her? Absolutely not. Did I even know what I was vetting her for? Please. No. Was she local to you? No, no. Where was she? Was she out of state? Yeah. 
Yeah. So here's the other thing that I just want to interrupt with is yeah, like, please. this is the, the messy line between therapy and coaching with where you were at at that point in your life. And like, I mean, it wasn't, you were the sick one and he was totally fine. Right. It wasn't that, but mm -hmm. you were also by nature of the relationship and just your own trauma and your own life, you were in a rough spot. You needed fucking therapy. And for this coach to say, Oh sure. I'll take you on as a client. No, her job was to say, I hear you like this, you know, I, I really would love to work with you, but I think that right now you actually need someone in a therapy role. I have a, some great DBT therapists in your city who I can recommend. Let me get you in touch. And right. if you want to work with 100%. me after that or whatever, like that to me yeah. is just like part of the unethical piece of all of it. Yep. Yeah. And, and I love that you're saying that because that's really, I think, the the crux of this is that when you're working with a coach who doesn't ask those questions you're working with someone who simply might just want your money yeah because if there is no vetting prop like a mutual vetting process i mean this is what i do with my clients like i have like a application like i gotta see where you're at and if you're telling like where you are in your journey i might be like look we could do one session mm -hmm. and i can give you my suggestions but i always encourage i can't force but if we do work together yeah. i encourage coaching simultaneously with your therapist because mm -hmm. i am not a therapist to go deep and bring up the like help you handle and manage the past yeah and some you know? of your coaching clients might not even need that right but some of them no. will and it's like you're vetting yeah. for that yeah and the ones that i'm like ooh, i don't i don't think we're we're ready yep because I'm going to have you taking action and I'm kind of like a tell it like it is kind of sister. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm so, going to push you. <laughs> I'm going to push you. Push you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I love that you're saying that because that was like red flag number one mm -hmm. that I didn't know was a red yeah, flag. Totally. I'm literally like shaking, crying, like I'm a mess. I'm borderline personality disorder. My boyfriend's going to leave me. I need help. Like I was a fucking mess, man. Yeah. And she's like, I can help you. Three thousand dollars. Okay. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So let me tell you how this went. Not only was the first installment 3000 uh, thousands, thousands of dollars to, to have sessions with this woman, I think over the course of like maybe six months, yeah. I probably spent close to like $15,000. Yeah. And I bet her marketing was really good. And I bet she was trying to speak to, you know, people in the, in the pain point and like how many fucking DBT therapy sessions you could have done for that same amount of money. Right. Right. <laughs> well, digress. we before, don't know that. Well, this was before like social media too. So this yeah. wasn't like I found her on Instagram. I literally did a Google search. This was mm -hmm. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So she was you know, early in the coaching. Yeah. Game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there wasn't like marketing. It wasn't pain point. It wasn't like, hey, mm. boss, babe. It wasn't any of that. Okay. shit. It was. I don't even know. It was like a it was just a real raw vulnerability of people who were like, I'm desperate. Yeah. So yeah. it was one on one. Calls Zoom. Were we using Zoom? Skype. I don't. I don't was yeah. It Skype <laughs> might have been Skype. It might have been Skype. I can't remember. And then we would call in and it would be group therapy, like mm -hmm. group coaching. Sure. And I'm not trying to talk shit for the people who like genuinely were bipolar and, and, and borderline personality. But when we were in these coaching calls, side note, they were not functional, like yeah. not functional, like couldn't hold a job. Like meanwhile, like I'm also getting my master's degree while we're yeah. doing this. I'm working full time. I'm like training for a fucking marathon. Do you know what I mean? Like I got, I had shit happening in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't 
So I was like, wow, am I? And like, I don't know if I belong here. (laughs) Yeah, it might have been that you were higher functioning than a a lot of them definitely needed to be in therapy instead. Right, right. But I don't even, again, I don't even, I didn't even have like a real diagnosis from a therapist. I didn't have anything. Like I don't, and looking back, like, was I bipolar? Was I borderline? I think I was just a hurt little girl who had a lot of trauma she had to work out yeah, I and don't in know a what fucked the fucking, up environment right yeah dsm diagnosis is for that <laughs> so in these coaching sessions what ended up happening and why this was so goddamn toxic is that i had a coach who talked about herself the entire time and this was about her experience like Gary she had a boyfriend Gary and she was she created this because she too was like needed DBT so now she got certified so like a lot of this was her own cathartic healing I think that was happening Mm. but it it wasn't I looking back at it now it wasn't professional like we spent I would say more than 30 minutes of our 50 minute sessions with her talking about her situation trying to relate back to me Mm -hmm. yeah and what ended up happening too is we would do like group sessions with me and my boyfriend at the time. And in these sessions, it was like, Angela, this is why he's right. And here's why you need to control your anger. And you know what I'm saying? So there was, I was just being gaslit from like all angles, all angles. And I was in a coaching program with group, like a group coaching program that didn't that that couldn't meet me in my needs and and what I needed. And I think the whole thing was just predicated upon my own vulnerability and my own hurt. And I lost 10, like tens of thousands of dollars from this. Oh my God. Yeah. And so like, obviously you have learned so much, not only done your own healing and learned about yourself, but you've you know, learned a hell of a lot about like the coaching world, the coaching industry, how to discern, like, you know, and vet your own coaches. Mm -hmm. So I wonder like, is if, if you could like boil it down to like the biggest lessons you've learned around that kind of discernment and how Mm -hmm. you would hire someone now, like, what is that? Oh, I think it's different for everybody. So let me try to break it down into like overarching things that you can do. But I think a lot of before you even go on the hunt for a coach or a therapist or anything, I think it's getting clear with your own intentions of what you want this to be for yourself. Because Mm -hmm. if you do not know like how you want to feel, what kind of coach you want to have, like what you want your sessions to be like, what you hope the outcome is after X amount of time together. If you don't have clear metrics for that, then you can easily be dragged down to someone else's wormhole real quick. Yeah. So I think like that is, that's the key. And if you don't know, I think that that's okay. I think it's okay to know, maybe not know exactly what you, what you want specifically, but if it can also be what you don't want, I don't want to feel this way. The minute that this happens, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, the minute that mm-hmm. I have a coach start talking about their own fucking experience for 30 minutes of my of my paid time, I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm out. You know, so I think that that's always one is going in there with like clear guidelines and clear expectations. The second thing I think is when you're looking for somebody, I think it's brave. Like you've already made the choice that you know that you need help. And I think when you know that there is a vulnerability, but there's also a strength there. 
and you if you look at this this seeking of help as an opportunity to stand more in your fully in your power and your agency i think that will help mitigate a lot of that like snaky slimy stuff that happens in the coaching world of like i can help you i can help you i can help you and they prey upon the vulnerability and the pain point yeah but i think if you use this as an opportunity of like i'm in control and i'm powerful and i'm seeking help and i don't have to take the first offer I'm doing the vetting and I'm doing the seeking out of my own, of my own like help. And I'm co-creating my own healing process and my own healing journey. I think that that can be really powerful too. Yeah. And it's kind of a mind fuck because it's like, you know, arguably you could say that many, many of us won't pay for something until we're like, I need that. Right. But then it's defined need, right? Because it's, if we're seeking something out of a place of desperation, I mean, that's, you know, kind of my first clue already, like find, yeah. a, find a good qualified therapist, right? If you're truly that's seeking my, something out of desperation, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. if you're like, I'm hungry for something, yeah. and I think there's probably, you know, a thousand people who might be able to meet that need, and I don't need to vet all, all thousand of them, but I don't necessarily need to land on the first one that no. speaks to that need either. No. And I think if, if, if you're being led down this path of like act now, <laughs> there's an immediacy around this. I, I don't know. That's not, uh, to me, that's not ethical. Like mm-hmm. dangling the carrot around, some, like give them a minute to digest. How's that land for you? How does that feel? The offer is yep. here when the, if the offer is here now, it's going to be here tomorrow too. Yep. I can't, I can't promise I'll have like an opening spot, but like this conversation won't change. I'm not going to hustle you into coming into to a coaching space with me. You know, yep. how's it figured out? Land. I want it to be honest because I don't want to work with anybody who has trepidation. We're either like balls to the wall going in like gangbusters or we're not. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I don't like it's with anything. You don't want to date somebody who's like lukewarm about you. Yeah. <laughs> this is a relationship. Uh, you'll we're do. Building an, yeah, I guess. I guess it's fine until somebody else comes along. Like this is an intimate relationship you're building. So you have every right to vet and and be cautious and of of where you're where you're giving your intimacy. You know, and I, you brought up something before too about who's qualified. Mm. I think that that's key. You know, there's a lot of qualifications. You know, you can have the alphabet after your name and I think that that's really great and in some c- cases that's necessary. If you're looking for like deep, hardcore therapy and you need medication, please go and find someone who is qualified to give you that. Right. You know, and again, if you're on a on a call and you're doing like a vetting call with a coach and they're telling you, oh, I do deep healing work. Well, what's their qualifications for that? You know, Mm -hmm. if we're talking more about mentorships and action step and like a, a, you know, action planner, that's kind of how I view myself. Like here are my qualifications to do that. I am not a therapist, but here's all the stuff that I have around, like, you know, neurolinguistics. Here's my teaching qualifications and my educational background. Here's my curriculum design degree. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you see yourself in their story? Like, do they have enough of a story that, that you feel connected to where you can feel seen and heard and related on a, on a human level? Because I wouldn't work with a coach who like hadn't had any hardship. Are you kidding me? I'm going to go to you being like, (laughs) I've experienced housing insecurity. My dad's dead. My family sucks. I'm alone and I have $4 to my name. 
can you can you help me? And they're like, well, hold on. My husband foots the bill for everything. And we live in New York City in a penthouse or we're moving to Scottsdale, Arizona. Suck my dick. Like, I don't relate to you. <laughs> I don't relate to you at all. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's, you know, that doesn't mean that to coach well with somebody, you have to experience every single thing that they have. Mm -mm, but mm -mm. I'm with you. Like, I want to be working with people who've overcome some shit who've been through some shit and had to learn things and put them into practice. And, yeah. you know, like for better or worse, that's like just not everybody. And a lot of people who are drawn to the sort of healing space are not necessarily people who've walked no. that path themselves. No, there are a lot of, and like, this is two coming from two white women right now. Yeah, right. right. But it's like, there's a lot of like privileged whiteness in, in the coaching space for sure that, Again, I think when you have been privileged enough to exist in a world where things are made for you, and especially when you have like financial privilege along with your whiteness, there's not a lot of perspective that you're gaining about not having things go your way. And I'm not saying all the time because I am a white woman, shocker, right? And I have had some financial privilege. Like we were not, like we didn't grow up wealthy. We weren't poor, poor, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I'm saying? And then now in my adult life is when life just got real fun. <laughs> like life kicked, has kicked my ass as an adult. And I think when you don't have anything that causes you to challenge your perspective, you're just looking at the world from a lens of perception. This is how I see it. And this is how it, I, this is how it is in relationship to me. So everything mm -hmm. will always come back to your center because that's how you see the world because everything is for you. There is nothing that's challenging that is, is allowing you to be like, huh, that's not so. <laughs> that is not how I thought it should be, right? Like you haven't gotten kicked down off of your white horse yet. So mm -hmm. I think there is a level of perspective that is really necessary to have if you are going to go into the coaching space. And I'm not, I don't know how you get your, pers your, your perspective. I don't know what kind of hardship you need to go through, but it has to give you something to know that there are other ways of doing things and it is hard for people in a variety of ways. And you have to be able to empathize with that through your own hardship. Yep. And just the, the biggest thing that's coming up for me right now, too, is that we can't ever know someone's story by mm -hmm. looking at them, by even knowing what kind of car they drive, because sure. there are going to be some people walking around with a shitload of like, you know, maybe white privilege and thin privilege and financial privilege, but they were, you know, abused for years right. of their childhood, right. whatever, right? right? And then, you know, there's, it's just, you just never know. And mm -hmm. so it's, again, it's not like you have to like go and humble yourself and live in your car for a year <laughs> if you wanna have any credibility or right. that you even have right. to go get a master's degree and become a therapist to have credibility. It's right. so individualized. But yeah, you know, I'm even thinking of, I listened to your recent episode around manifesting and, yeah. and like, I just, I loved it. Cause it's like, again, without some perspective, people can be like, oh, look, I manifested all these things. And it's like, okay, yeah, you, you know, 
and you had all this privilege kind of supporting you in that but it's it's not either or right it's like mm -hmm. we can we have to open our hearts and be willing to see where the treasure is and like that even in some of these in your story that you shared which i'll link the the episode in the show notes it's like some shitty things happened that allowed mm -hmm. you to have some incredible experiences but you had to be open to that right right it's using the shitty shit and understanding that the shitty shit is simply shitty shit it's not the thread of the story do you know what mm -hmm. i mean it's a it's a piece it's a page in the story and i guess maybe there is a, a thread of it through life but it doesn't it doesn't have to be like the main character mm -hmm. if that makes sense you know right and for context like this story was all about meeting the band chicago because it was my dad's favorite band and because my dad passed away so i go to chicago shows to see to feel him, to be there for him. And like, I go there and sing my heart out and dance and just, you can't miss me. You know what I'm saying? You can't miss me. And that has led to Angela being friends with Chicago, the band. <laughs> and that like the, that initial meeting wouldn't have happened if, you know, some jerk hadn't oh, like freaking bailed yeah, on the date, date. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be a date. And then I would have never met Rick. And then yeah. Rick who sat next to me would have never given me those backstage passes. And like, you just have to be open because I think a lot of times we can close ourselves off and be like, that's not for me. Or this, yep. this is so, this is so sad. It's so awful. And it I'm just going like, to sit here. It sucks. And it like pout. And then we just like stay in our own suffering, mm -hmm. you know, but you can allow the suffering to exist and coincide with joy. I look at it like a, like a spectrum, like however, like, right. Like physics, equal law of equal and opposite attraction. Yeah. However you've experienced pain and suffering, the depth of that, also has an equal and opposite reaction of how much you can experience joy. So right, and I'm just picturing not... you like backstage talking with the band <laughs> in tears, like tears of joy and also tears of grief, missing your dad. Like that's it's equal. It's both sides of the same coin. Can you fucking imagine, like my dad would have flipped. <laughs> he would have flipped. He would have flipped out. Dad, <sighs> I met Chicago. Well, he would have been there with me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't know. Just, and now you're crazy. like, yeah, but we're buds now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a part two that I'll I'll let you know when that happens. Yeah, so amazing. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just I I resonate with you so much because it is so clear that like you've you've been through the muck, mm -hmm. and you also don't just define yourself by it, right? Like, I mean, the yeah. growth that you've clearly done since you were working with old Teresa has I been a I think a she lot. does real estate now, everybody. I think she oh, does good. real estate. Thank God. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm sure we'd be here for six hours if you were to like tell the whole story of how you got from there to here in terms of your oh stepping into that agency and power and you know finding your authentic way of living and acting toward the life that you wanted to create for yourself but if there's anything little you know nuggets from along that path that you want to share because i know that's just so core to everything that that you stand for yeah yeah, God. Okay. I think the, the, the underlying piece that probably is woven into the, cause this was 10 ish, 10 yeah. plus years ago with Teresa. And that was really the start of my, my journey. Cause I knew that what I was doing wasn't sustainable. I didn't feel good. I, I was crying every day. I hated my life. I'm like another guy like this that I'm dating mm -hmm. another one. Do you know? But I think 
if there's a piece that I can give anybody, regardless of where you are in your healing journey and where you are with seeking out a coach or a therapist or wherever you are in that, I want, I think the thing that, that held true for me, even though I might not have believed it as deeply as I believe it now, you are always in control. Hmm. And you are in control of your time, your money, your energy, your resources, your love, your intimacy, your agency, your words, your actions. Like you are always in control of that. And I think that's what helped me get out of a narcissistic relationship. Mm. I mean, it wasn't just one day that this was a long yeah. two and a half year plus relationship, but knowing that I could make choices for myself and that what I was feeling was true. That was my truth. It wasn't right wasn't wrong. I didn't have to compare or contrast with what anybody else wanted or needed or thought, but this was my truth and it was real for me. And that was enough for me to say, I'm in control. I, this doesn't feel right. And I can honor that and I can move and I can do something different. And I think the more that I believe that and the more that I did it, the more it gave me the confidence to keep doing it. And that's why I can stand here and be a badass about my life and say, nope, I'm not doing that. That doesn't feel good. That's not right. I know what I need. I know what I don't need. That doesn't work, you know? Yeah. But yeah. It, that was a, then I think that's a, always a constant practice. Like sometimes I'll find myself in a situation, especially with my family where I'm like, oh, mm. I didn't know <laughs> that there was still a little bit of that lingering in there, you know? But I think that what happens, the more that you practice is you don't stay in a a shit cycle. You don't stay in the depressed cycle. You don't stay in the negative self-talk cycle that I'm a piece of shit cycle for, for long. Mm-hmm. What used to be months for me is maybe like 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah. And I think an you important know. kind of implied thing in that is like anyone listening to this is an adult. So you are in control when you are an adult, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, I think a lot of our old wounding when yeah, we were kids comes from yeah. times when you weren't fucking in control and right. you, there was no way out and you couldn't change your environment. You couldn't make different choices right. as an adult. We can, and that doesn't mean they're always going to be easy. Because hell, I mean, it's I said nothing about understand. that. <laughs> right, right, right. We understand why people stay in bad situations for as long as they do for a lot of really complex reasons, and we can step into the the truth that we are we are we have agency. We are at cause mm-hmm. for you know the things that we create and yeah, shit does happen to us sometimes. Sure. And then we get to decide where do I steer from here? Yeah, I love that because that even just having that conversation as you become aware of the dichotomy of like who's who's in the car, who's running mm-hmm. the show. Is it the child? Is it the wounded child who doesn't feel, who feels powerless and is doing these, and, and it's no shade. These are just tactics that we've learned along the way to help us cope with, feeling powerless? Are we getting angry? Are we shutting down? Are we pleasing? Are we whatever, whatever we're doing as a strategy to help us feel loved, safe and secure might be from a default operating system and default programming of our childhood. And Mm -hmm. that does not have to be the story of you as an adult. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to, you get to be in control of how you move forward with those things. I love what you're saying. Love it. Yeah. So one of the things that you have created and, and sort of made your own in your own work healing, and then you now offer to others is something you call the Zen rage heal method. Tell us what it is. I freaking (laughs) love the name. (laughs) So it started with, was my first, like, again, 
everything that I think you do as an entrepreneur is always a reflection of how deeply you're willing to go within yourself, you know? So when my father died, I was teaching, hating it, hating my life, hating everything. And then I moved into quit my job and started a fitness business because where I was in my healing journey is I was just, I had to move out energy of, of pain, of grief, of loss, of trauma. So I created a fitness brand that was re it's called sweat remix. I still do it. And it remixes mindfulness, like neurolinguistics and movement in your workouts, like a badass fitness class Ugh. mixed with like, Hey girl, you got this. I <laughs> and love it. I, love it. I created the Zen rage heal process with that, but I'm like, yo, it's so much bigger than a fitness class where you like Zen mm -hmm. in your, you know, get clear. Zen is about getting clarity on mm -hmm. what the fuck do I want? Do I need what's not working? Whatever the yeah. thing is that you have a conversation with yourself I would say multiple times a day. How many times are you like, I don't want this. I fucking can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's coming up for freedom. That's coming up for clarity for you. Like there needs to, you need to take a stand. You need to Zen mm -hmm. on it. What do I want? What do I need? The rage part is where you start taking action and letting go of the limiting beliefs and like what those roadblocks are and deciding to leave behind the shit that's not working. And I, I use the term rage, not as an angry rage, like like <laughs> rage at somebody, yeah. but but the the intensity of of letting go of like almost almost having a seance with yourself and letting go of negative energy of all the things that you have to that you've brought to the table that aren't even yours. You have to mm -hmm. let them go and it has to be as intense the release has to be as intense as you feel them. Otherwise it's still going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. And heal is, is, is where you now, now that you've created space, now that you've had this opportunity to be like, I, I want this, this is what's holding me back. How do I reflect and heal? And how do I find clarity and how do I find peace and surrender so I can take action because mm -hmm. action step doesn't come when you're full of rage and when you are unclear action steps come when you are calm mm -hmm. when you are in control when mm. your central nervous system is saying oh we are peaceful because <laughs> you can't make it you can't make a decision when you're constantly in that chronic fight or flight state that's your body is going to make a decision based off of what you need to survive not what you need to thrive mm. and if you don't get clear on what it is then you're not going to get out of that fight or flight state. If you don't rage something out, then you're going to figure, you're just going to always find yourself back in that cycle time and time again. Recycling so the that, same feelings. A hundred percent, like a spin cycle in a washing machine. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you have one blanket in there. So it's just like, thump, 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 <laughs> it's like not a smooth cycle, you know? And, and yeah, I think the healing part is really where you gain like reflection and, and confidence and courage to go and do what's next. You know, mm, so that's yeah. the process that I used what started in a fitness class. But now that's how I, I approach coaching, too. We yeah. can't get anywhere until we get clear. Can't get anywhere. We can't build a plan until we figure out what's holding you back. Mm -hmm. Can't build a plan until you feel safe. You know, so, yeah, yeah that's that's the method. That's I love it. And, you know, I think the order of it is so important. And a lot of people 
get stuck or feel lost because they're like in sort of a low level rage and distress and like discontent they're they like skipped over the zen part and they're just in that low level like yuck and they yeah. never fully like move it through so they just keep you know the spin cycle yeah. going so it's like you've got to start with the clarity the zen and that's i mean it's it's very similar to judith herman's three phases of of trauma healing that like you got to start with the resourcing and stabilization the clarity then you move to the processing and then you move to the integration right mm -hmm. and if we if we try to skip steps like it, it nope. ain't gonna work very well and i think that wow. this this is true not just for trauma processing but any type of thing that's in your way that you want to yeah. move through a barrier that you want to break through so uh, you, that may not have been intentional that was lined with the, the that model but it's just yeah. like it's so it's so beautiful and and i think that that sequencing is so necessary thank you yeah i didn't know that this was again <laughs> <laughs> this was through my experience this is what yeah. i did through my own healing process and it's what worked it's yeah. what worked for me and and I think, again, when you're saying like people are stuck in the mud and they're in the mucky, like I'm feeling feelings. Yeah, but we're not feeling feelings with intention. Right. You know, and that's where getting clear on like when you know what you want and what you want to let go of and what you no longer want to put up with and you take a fucking stand, then you're like, yo, floodgates open, pedal to the metal, like full throttle. You're now giving yourself permission because there's a purpose behind letting go. You're giving yourself permission to feel on full octane because if I don't feel, then I can't go to the place that I want to go to. Hell yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. as always, I could keep talking to you for another hour, but <laughs> part two. Part two. Just uh, yes. We'll we'll definitely collaborate in some other form or fashion because yeah. we're just right in the same wavelength. But I will have all this in the show notes. Tell the people where they can find you and what you are offering. Yeah, you can find me on the socials. I swore I would never be on TikTok. I swore it. <laughs> and yet, here, here I am loving it, getting all my news from TikTok and like a true Swifty. Like my whole, my feed is like, you know, current events and Taylor Swift concerts so oh and Travis Kelsey now. So that's yeah, yeah. like, but you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at The Empowered Millennials or my personal Instagram at the Angela Gentile. And I also, what was the other thing? What I'm offering? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I have a free action taking guide for millennials to kind of bust out of that people pleasing deference. Millennial deference is a real thing, baby. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's part two of the podcast. Right? Okay. Cool. So make sure to subscribe deference. to the empowered millennials podcast yes. too. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're going to be on it. You're coming yes. out. You're coming boop, out boop. soon in the new in the new season. But yeah, you can go and get my free guide. It's three steps to take action and what you need to stop the people pleasing tactics and prioritize yourself so that you can live the life that you love. So you can find me there doing all the things. Amazing. I'm a dog. <laughs> and I, I can just vouch that the podcast absolutely worth subscribing. Your stories, like I just you just bring a little little spunk. <laughs> a little light to my day. So I just really appreciate you and really enjoyed this. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate chatting with a badass human being too. Like I love that the internet connected our energy.
Hell yeah, friend, you made it to the end. I so appreciate you tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode, make my day by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating to help other people find this podcast. You can follow my antics on TikTok at Bad Bitch Therapist and on Instagram at the same with dots between the words. Also, make sure to sign up for my weekly tough love notes where I bring even more vulnerability and strategies to plug into your day-to-day. Look for that at badbitchtherapist.co. Thanks so much for being here. Now go out there and slay the hell out of this week.